Welcome to our weekly Church on the Rock podcast. For more information, visit us at churchak.org, download our Church on the Rock AK app, or like us on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our weekly podcast. Yeah, this is uh, part two, Vision 2024, and uh, going to hear a little bit more on a personal side of our journey this morning. Looking forward to that, as well as uh, what the future holds. And uh, for Church on the Rock, if you were here last week, Pastor Jonathan Walker unveiled a whole lot of stuff for the next year that's going to be happening across our campuses. Very exciting. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me just recap cap a timeline because this was really important. Uh, we talked about um, Lori and I handing the baton to the next campus pastors in Palmer right about May, and uh, of course they'll be here before that, and also Jonathan Walker handing the baton to uh, Paul and Emily Sliwa for the Wasilla campus pastor so that he can take a more focused view as lead pastor over Church on the Rock because there's a whole lot of vision that we need to implement across Alaska through all of our campuses. We're pretty jazzed about that. And then, of course, the last transition he talked about was, uh, yeah, a little bit, was uh, John. John and Alexi Ajo. And they will be taking on the pastoral campus pastors in Willow closer to December. And uh, Dale, of course, is doing that now, and he'll be part of our teaching team ongoingly, and he has so much to bring to the table. Of course, Talkeetna, we never mentioned them, but that's, uh, um, oh, I got to get all these names. Yeah, um, Cody and Sophie, oh my goodness, <laughs> Farrington, you know, they're already in position, and they are cranking, and they're doing great. And uh, what's exciting about this is all at once, uh, Church on the Rock has these young pastors stepping up to position the church for the next 10 or 15 years to move it into the future, which is pretty amazing. Uh, I was telling Pastor Jonathan a couple weeks ago, I said, this is a miracle because in the day we live in, it's really hard to find pastors. It is. It's hard to find young pastors that will especially fit in Alaska. Uh, the guy might like it, but the wife says, there ain't no way. Mm-mm. No way I'm moving to Alaska, right? It takes a unique combination, plus you have to have church on the rock DNA and all that stuff. And uh, it's a huge insurmountable. I mean, it just seems almost impossible when you think about it because it's, you know, there's not, people are not running into the ministry anymore like they used to. They're running away. It's, it's interesting. Uh, so we're, we thank God we've been able to raise these people up, young people, and we're going to continue to do that aggressively in the days ahead. Uh, but now, uh, all at once, bam, people are getting into position this year. I just think it's a God supernatural maneuver, and I'm so thrilled to see what's happening. I want to talk to you a little about, first of all, about Lori and I and, and this season that we're in. Uh, and think of it this way. Um, we, are, we are obviously navigating a new season in our life, and, and our experience is, is you know, we, we've navigated a lot of seasons in life, but this is unique. We've never done one quite like this for a lot of reasons, being the, actually the founding pastor of this campus from meeting in a school to where we're at today, and that's, ah, that's, that's a big deal. Uh, so 
uh, you know, put it this way. You don't walk outside in January right now, especially last week in flip-flops, and, you know, just go kind of play in the snow. I mean, you've got sub-zero temperatures, it's snowy outside. You could damage yourself. You could end up frostbiting some toes and end to the emergency room and lopping those babies off. It's, it could be really bad, right? It could be painful because this is the law of seasons. And the same God who made the natural world with seasons also has woven seasons into our lives as well. You and I, we pass through seasons in our life. It's normal. And if you don't pay attention and honor the season that you're in or moving into, we can end up with some really painful situations, difficult situations, more difficult than it should be. For instance, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4 says this, if the sluggard, the sluggard does not plow in season, he neglects that. He ignores the season. And so at harvest time, they look and they find nothing. That's difficult when you don't do what you're supposed to do in the season. Psalms chapter 1, great passage, says this, Be blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that, uh, that of sinners or take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on the law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. In other words, if you're a tree, you want to dig your roots deep in the season that you're in, draw nourishment, relationships, and everything that God's called you to do in that season and the circumstances you're in. Because you can bear fruit that way, and every season that you're in, you are called to bear fruit, much fruit, good fruit, mature fruit. That is the goal of God in your life. He wants you to prosper in every season. So it's so important that we recognize the seasons throughout life. If you fail to do that, for whatever reason, you could become confused, you could become very frustrated, you could find yourself in a new season, and all of a sudden you discover what used to work no longer works now. What used to deliver positive results now all of a sudden don't deliver the results that they used to deliver. Why? Because you're still in the season that you shouldn't be, and you should be moving on, right? Somebody else is supposed to be there. Well, you can think about your own life in that sense, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so again, um, I guess back to the flip-flops, you know. Uh, they were perfect for summer, but when it comes winter, mm -mm, not going to work. Different season. So, how do you know when the seasons of your life are changing? How do you know that? When you could use the word transition if you want. It's okay to use that word. That's a reality what's happening. It's just transitions kind of freak us out. Uh, when a major shift comes, let's say, and you're leaving one season, and you know you're entering a new season of life. It's really important to be sensitive to the seasons you're coming into so you can plan for the next season and move successfully into it. So important. Obviously, Lori and I are experiencing this process right now as we begin to feel a sense of, I call it this, a lift of inspiration. We felt that before in a different season. Or you feel like the capacity you once had to carry a vision is waning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever been there? You kind of think about it, you get tired. <laughs> you know, you think, I used to really be excited about running into this, and now I'm like, I think I need another lane I can walk in. <laughs> it's not uncommon. You'll experience it. You probably have some of you. 
Listen to Ecclesiastes 3.1. It says, to everything, there is a season. There's a season for you, to all of us. A time for every purpose under heaven. Seasons are very purposeful from God in our lives. And you need to embrace the season that you're in for that full purpose to be released. God's potential in your life. The fruitfulness we talked about. Now, during the 21-day fast, um, this was really an interesting fast for Lori and I. I mean, we always are all in on the fast. We, go, we, just, we look forward to it every year, you know, and, and uh, the Lord really talked to us a lot this time and showed us a lot of things, and it was key. It was critical, I felt like, as we were entering this new season. It really meant so much more to us. It carried so much weight, I felt, in the spirit, and uh, we really gleaned a lot from it as we moved through it. But uh, the Lord, um, the Holy Spirit really sensitized us to some things. And uh, again, moving into a new season doesn't have to be a mystery to you. Just pay attention to the signs of what the Lord is doing in your life. Pay attention to those things. He does that for your good. Uh, doesn't have to be a mystery that you might be exiting one point and moving into a new, something new, a new chapter. But the Lord dropped this verse on me during the fast. It was one of those, I don't even remember where I was at, but I remember I stopped and it was just boom, you know, it just kind of drops on you. And I thought, this is, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, this is from the Lord. And I wasn't reading the Bible, it just came on me. It's First Chronicles 12, 32. The sons of Issachar, or from the sons of Issachar. They were men who understood the times, and they knew what Israel should do. That's all I need to, we need to see on that verse. But that's what dropped on my heart. And I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm just confirming what I'm doing in your life. You're getting it. You understand the times you're in, and you're going to know what to do. And I, just these little points of confirmation God kept dropping on me along the way. And it brought me great comfort. I thought, okay, this is good, Lord. Thank you. That, that meant a lot for me in that moment. Now, a couple years ago, uh, this became a more focused journey. A couple of years ago, two or three-ish, two-ish especially, Lori and I knew something was coming. You could just tell. Um, we're, we're, we started thinking, we need to really pray into the future and, because I feel like this, this time is going to be upon us. It's not yet, but it's coming. And uh, so we were, we were pretty more, more focused, more dialed into that. And let me tell you what. In, whenever Lori and I have been in ministry, and it's never been different, it's always been what's best for the church what's best for the community that we live in. When you're called to be a pastor, that's what you do. It's not about you. It's never about you. If it becomes about you, you, might, you better stop. You better have a come-to-Jesus moment or resign, okay? It's never about us. It's always about what's best for the church, what's best for the community that we're ministering to. That's our assignment. That's your call. And you lay your life down to see that happens. You just do it. And therein lies the greatest fulfillment you will ever experience in life. Ever experience. And uh, so it's never been about us, but the last 16 years, you know, we've been over 16 years, we started the campus. And let me tell you, this has been the greatest 16-year-plus journey that we have ever experienced in, the life of, in ministry and life. It has been fulfilling. It has been glorious. It has been wonderful. I mean, we can't say enough about it. And the wonderful people that we've been able to pastor and join with, it's just been a sheer delight and joy the whole time. Uh, we pinched ourselves every time we pinched each other. Is this really happening? Because we've, we've had some other great experiences, ups and downs, and we've had some really bad experiences. 
Um, so, uh, but it was during that time that, you know, we're, we're moving up to this point, and I began to kind of really pray, okay, God, we need to pray about this successor because it's not easy to find that couple. It just, it, it seems like, Lord, can this ever, how can, how's this going to happen? And I began to fret and pray and, you know, pace and think and wonder, and Lord, how is this, you know, like God can't pull this off. You know, you know what I'm saying? Isn't it silly what we do sometimes? And then you stop and you go, wait a minute, this is God. Well, I, I had to reach that point, I guess, at this in my life. Um, because I knew it was really important for that healthy transition to have time with this couple and make sure they're the right couple, you know, and all this, and Alaska, and, and you know, on and on. I knew they had to be a younger couple. I knew they had to have at least 10 or 15 years of vision in them. That's important. I mean, I, I wasn't going to recruit a 70-year-old. I got about two to, you know, no, it's not going to happen. But they need to have the capacity within them for the next, next 10 or 15 years. They need to be able to stand before you and say, I'm here for you and for your children. You know, over 16 years ago, I, I was able to say that. And Lori and I saw a whole generation grow up. It's amazing. They need to be able to be positioned to do the very same thing. Critical. I've always been generational in my thinking. It's about the next generation, moving the baton down and passing on faith and legacies and, and positioning the church for the next, for your tomorrow and, and what we do in light of our children and our children's children, our grandchildren. Because it's, it's not just about us. It's about those who are coming after us. And it's about the future of the church. So we've always uh, prayed that way. And... Um, so being where we're at, knowing that we need somebody because we could no longer really carry the long view, we knew that was coming. Uh, and we were going to ignore that. It would be unfair to the church. It would be unfair to the community. Actually, it would be very selfish of us to just try to, well, I'm just going to hang on, you know. Hmm, I don't think so. That would be unproductive for the church. It's critical to have that next person to say, here we are, next 10, 15 years, let's go, and be excited about it. Uh, and for us, look, this is the natural progression of pastoring. This is the evolutionary process in pastoring. There comes a day when you have to be honest with yourself and say, okay, Lord, I, 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 there's a new lane you're calling me to step into, and there's somebody younger who can carry this thing. And that's a reality. Um, and... This is something that you, you'll, you'll be dealing with it, or if you haven't already, you've got to identify when this happens. Don't live in denial. Don't live in denial when you're in that place and, again, hinder those that you're leading, that you love and serve. Uh, I've seen people stay too long. I've seen pastors stay too long. I have. They just hang on. I mean, and the church is, I mean, they just don't have it in them, and it's just going down. And, and they look around and wonder, where's everybody going? And the guy's just tired. And, and I mean, it's just not good. It's not a healthy thing. You got to know when your time is there. Uh, and so we believe, actually, we're 100% convinced that uh, uh, God's timing is in this time that we're moving forward in. Um, now, the last year here in 2023, Lori and I knew this was approaching closer. And as a matter of fact, even at the beginning of the year, I thought, well, this could be another 
two years or so, maybe another year, maybe less. I don't know. I, I just knew it was, the window was closing. I knew it was getting close. And at the same time, our excitement and anticipation begin to build because I, I, I know God has my tomorrow and he has something else for us to step into uh, that's going to fit where we're at in our progression in life. Um, and I, again, I was fretting though. Okay, Lord, you have to show me who this person is. Come on, God, can you do this? Are you capable? I'll never forget, at the end of last winter, approaching spring, I had a dream. I won't go into the details of the dream, but I knew it was from the Lord. I don't dream much. I, my sleep is really boring. Usually it's just, I don't remember anything. I wake up and, wow, oh, that was a nice sleep. I'm blank, total blank, you know. But every now and then, far and few between, I'll get a dream, and if I do, it's usually from the Lord, I guess, and I've kind of figured that out. This is a real short one, but I still remember the dream now very vividly, so I knew. And uh, without going into details, when I woke up, I knew that the Lord was saying, I got this. Don't worry about your successor. I will show you, I will bring that couple forth in the right time when the time is right. And from that morning on, I didn't fret about it anymore. I knew it. I thought, oh, yeah, okay, Lord, You're, you got this. I don't have to worry about this anymore. So I just kind of moved on. To my surprise, to our surprise, this last, no, probably end of November, December, within one month's time, everything fell into place. It was quick, clear, confirming, and very exciting. And um, through a series of individuals, like Jonathan Garland and then uh, John, Pastor Jonathan Walker, you know, they, uh, uh, Josh and Audra O'Donnell were brought to our attention. And Lori and I just looked at each other and thought, why didn't we even think of that? You know, they've been with us this whole time. They've spoken over here several times. They're part of the Willow Campus. They're, I mean, amazing. So we met with them, and let me tell you, the first meeting went for, for quite some time. We were met a long time, and it was like so good. There is, you ever have that moment when you're in a meeting and there's just like, yes, in the spirit over the top? You just, it's like shouting at you. It's like, yes. It's, a, it's electric and confirming. And Lori and I walked away from that meeting so encouraged. We thought, wow, God, God just put this together. So we went on some time. We're praying. And then we had another meeting with them, which continued. It went in for a long time. We just talking. And, go, and again, we walked away going, wow, this is so God. This is so exciting. And of course, they went before the elders. and There was more confirmation and all that. But as we met with them and went through this time together, we concluded that God had been preparing them, especially hearing their story, for, for them to take this next step in their call in ministry, just like God had been preparing Lori and I to take the step we're going to take. And we were so delighted that God had this the whole time. Now, the morning of Tuesday, January 23rd, I thought I'd write some of this stuff down. I'm not, I don't normally do this, but... I kind of had my ducks in a row here on this. Um, but the 21-day fast had been over, and it's a few days after that. And I'm doing my normal time. I get up early. I love to get up early and just talk with the Lord and spend ample time with the Lord and waiting and listening and talking and praying. And, and then I'll do some Bible reading. And, and uh, in my Bible reading, I came across this verse where the Holy Spirit just stopped me. I knew it was from the Lord again. 
And uh, it wasn't a verse I was looking for. It wasn't a passage I was trying to dig out. It was just next in my, my uh, Bible reading and where I'm at. And the passage is God speaking to Moses about his successor, uh, who was Joshua. And the land that he was going to be leading the Israelites into, the new season he was taking them into, and Joshua's assignment. Now, remember, when you're on these journeys and you're walking with the Lord and you're spending time, he's going to open up like windows over you at key moments and shed light, give you revelation and confirmation along the way. God does that. He doesn't, nothing has to be a mystery. Still incorporates faith. But I felt like that's what he did. He just kind of, here, open the window for me. <laughs> and this verse just kind of went, boom. And I stopped and I pondered it. And I thought, wow, Lord, I get it. This is from you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 38. Joshua, son of Nun. Notice this Joshua. My successor is Josh O'Donnell. Kind of cool, isn't it? And, and I read through that. And then I stopped and I went back again. And, and that's when that clicked. But anyway, just for, it was kind of for fun. Joshua, son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall go there. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. I thought, wow. God opened this window. He's, he's, and it was like the Lord spoke to me, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. The morning says, this is what I'm doing right now. This is the window you're in. Uh, your job now is to encourage him. Not just Josh, but this whole group of new pastors that are stepping into these ca our campuses. I feel like the Lord say, this is the Joshua generation that I have raised up for this time. I'm positioning them to lead Church in the Rock forward into the new season. This Joshua generation. This young group of ready-to-go pastors. What's my job? My job is to encourage them and see them excel and succeed and thrive for the next 10 or 15 years. My job is to get behind them, push them forward, cheer them up, build them up, encourage and say, you know, what can I do to make life easier for you? So it's pretty exciting. Josh and Audra, obviously when, they, when we pass the baton, <laughs> uh, that will have three months down the road, um, Lori and I will have to give them some space. We're going to attend Wasilla for, I don't know, we'll see how long. Um, they'll be able to tell. I'll be able to tell. Uh, they're going to need space so that you, the church, can bond with them in a healthy way. Believe me, I've seen this. <laughs> I've seen it done the other way where the founding pastor stays around. Utter disaster. Complete, utter disaster. <laughs> it doesn't work. People can't help themselves. You know, they just can't. I couldn't. You know, none of it, nobody can. We're human. And so we're going to give them some space so that can happen. <clears throat> and then uh, uh, when, the, when the, we feel like it's all good, then we can come back because this is our community, our family, our friends, and, and we're excited about what the Lord has for us when we plug in and uh, start doing ministry with you like we've done for the last over 16 years. Um, and then, of course, uh, towards the end of the summer, I'll... I'll be joining the teaching team and filling holes here and there and going to the other campuses, which actually I'm, I'm pretty excited about. I haven't been to Talkeetna for a long time and used to love to go there and, and uh, preach. But uh, <clears throat> So this is kind of how things are, are unfolding. Um, oh boy, where am I here? But anyway, oh by the way, uh, 
you're probably wondering, how's the youth doing here? The youth ministry is doing great. I, w- I Actually, I just spoke last Wednesday to our students. Great group of kids. I mean, 43 were here or something like that. Food, one, great game. Nine adults. We've had other men step up. We have incredible adults with our teenagers leading small groups. I'm so impressed with them. They are so engaging. And I just got to tell you, I'm impressed with our students. Uh, and that's a... That's a um, for you parents, you're doing a good job. Because I'm telling you, we had a, there were just bunches of them in here, and they were so engaged through the worship, through the word, tenderness of heart. I, I was so, I just told them, man, you guys are the cream of the crop. I was so proud of them. We need to be proud of our students, our teenagers here, because they are just amazing. And uh, it was a wonderful time. And uh, Wednesdays are lined out. Uh, we're going to keep going. We've got worship, we've got preachers, Brian Statton's excited about speaking next week, and uh, people are positioning themselves to do whatever they need to do, and our students are going to have community, life-giving community, and they're going to keep thriving and moving forward. So it was, I was just thrilled. I'm going to be part of it for the foreseeable future. Just, uh, I don't know, man, I had so much fun. I thought, <laughs> I told Michael, I think I'm going to join the youth ministry. <laughs> so it's like so fun. They were so fun to be around. Um, and our kids are doing well, too. We had BJ uh, Andrea uh, stepping in, and uh, they're doing a fabulous job with our kids, and we have great teachers, and um, so, you know, you move forward, and uh, we're blessed with beautiful, tremendous, godly people who are stepping up. Now, you, let me just talk about seasons for a moment. You may be in a season. You may be in that place. How, how do you do this in a healthy way? Let's, let's look at this for a moment, because I promise you, if you're not in a season or moving into a season, you will at some point in your life. New job, starting a family, marriage, a divorce, death of a spouse, empty nesters, grandchildren, uh, retirement from a job, but never retire from purpose, okay? Uh, There's lots of seasons, and we've navigated a lot of those, Lori and I, apart from just ministry seasons that we've been through. Now, nobody likes change. Is there anybody in here that really likes change? I mean, if we're honest, we would say, no, I don't really like change. There is one person, though, I think I mentioned this last week, a wet baby. They're, they're into change. They like change. They'll fight you, but they'll do it. All right? Now, let me just look at a few verses out of John chapter 14 through 16. Critical time in the disciples' life. Uh, they're going through a major transition. Huge change is coming upon them. Jesus is about ready to lead the disciples. He's going to share some things with them, like, I'm going to be rested and crucified. That's a pretty big deal. And he says, I'm out of here, guys. So you got to put yourself in the disciples' sandals for a moment. They've given up their business. They've left their family and a lot of their friends. They've been spending two or three years with Jesus, this incredible rabbi teacher who's done countless miracles, raised the dead, healed lepers, healed the blind, uh, healed the lame, uh, fed thousands of people. Incredible stuff. And now all of a sudden, guys, I'm heading out of here. I'm leaving. Now, what would he say to them during this time? What is some advice that Jesus brought? Well, John chapter 14, 1, this is what he said. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. It's always about Jesus. John 14, 27, my peace I, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So Jesus is saying, he says, look, don't, don't. they were going to be troubled. He knew that. They were going to be afraid. So he says, don't let trouble trouble you. You get to choose. Jesus is a realist. 
And he's saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Because in this world, you're going to have trouble. That's going to happen. But he gives this statement, rather a command. See, in life, you're going to have outside storms and you're going to have inside storms. And the reason why a boat can survive when there's a giant storm is because they'll batten down the hatches and they'll keep the storm out, they'll keep the water out. But once that water gets in the boat, that boat's going to sink because the storm got inside. And the minute that storm gets inside, eh, you got some trouble. That's where you got to spot that storm and say, Storm, you're not coming in here. I don't have to be troubled by you. You're staying out there. Now, look, when you're going through a, a change, a transition, a new season in life, you're going to encounter all kinds of stuff. There's fears that will pop up. There's unknowns. There's doubts. There's all kinds of stuff you're going to deal with. I mean, check this out. You know one thing I'm going to have to deal with? I'm not naive. I mean, I've been the founding pastor here for over 16 years. We started a church in a school, started a thrift store, did all kinds of stuff, finally bought land, built a building, yada, yada. I mean, you look back over the 16 years and all the stuff that we've done, it is crazy wild. All the people, all the relationships, the marrying and the burying and everything else. So when I, when I hand that baton off, I'm going to have to sit down with the Lord and say, okay, God, I've got to wrestle with my identity. I've been the pastor. I've been the guy. Not anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that might be kind of a big deal. Anybody want to counsel me through that? <laughs> I was talking to somebody else. I was talking to Robert Kitterson. He's, I mean, that guy's built roads, and he's amazing. And he's going through a time where he's trying to let go of stuff. And he says, yeah, the identity thing's tough. This is, look, i got to wrestle with it. i got to sit down and say, okay, Lord, first and foremost, my identity is I'm a child of God. I'm a son. And that's where I need to land. I did pastoring. That's what I did. But that's who I am. But that's easy to say. But you know, in reality, you guys, I'm going to have to wrestle through that. And so Jesus helped me. And you know what? I'll get through it. I'll put on my big boy pants, and I'll have some Jesus time. And if I need to talk to somebody, I'll do that. But we're going to be fine. It's part of the progression in moving forward. You know? I mean, you hear that whisper, I'll just stay around a little longer. No. Mm -mm. You don't deny reality and rebel against God. You obey. You don't fight the seasons. You move into them. All right? And the Lord will allow, he'll, he'll lead you to the next one faithfully. That's faith. You know, we're people of faith. And, when, and what God is doing, you follow him into it. And it requires faith, and you don't have to all have all the answers. You know, God spoke, and he says, let go and pass the baton to the younger generation. It's time. And let them run and encourage them. It's best for the church, best for me. Now, often when you're facing these new seasons, you, all, you, you find yourself in a valley. It's the space in between. You're not sure. Again, doubts, things come your way. Fears can happen. I haven't really, I haven't had any fears or anything, but um, a lot of stuff can pop up. Here's the first thing you do. You always doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubt before you doubt your faith. Doubt your doubts before you doubt your God. That's what you do as believers, as the people of faith. You don't let that storm out there get inside here and trouble you. You don't do it. When you're following Jesus, he's always in control of the transition. He's the author of seasons. And he's designed it for you, and he knows what's best for you. So you don't have to have all the answers to obey him. 
you follow him. And uh, he'll get you there. You know, I was reading, I read, I was reading last week about um, when the automobile was created. The first people that protested against the automobile wasn't the uh, green people or the EPA or anything that, like that. It was actually people who worked in the livery business. They were making the living taking care of horses, right? The mode of transportation. That was their livelihood. And so they started saying things like, well, I don't know about those automobiles. You know, I think they're kind of like a demonic thing, man, because, uh, you know, um, people aren't going to need us, need their horses, and they're going to stop like, we're going to lose some market shares. We don't have horses to take care of. What are we going to do, you know? But, but this is what history says. History says there were some smart people that decided that instead of making saddles and bridles uh, out of leather, they started making upholstery for automobiles. They retooled. They reframed. They pivoted in that moment. And you're going to find yourself in the midst of new seasons and transitions during that time, um, uh, things that you, you may have to do things you've never done before. Um, don't let uncertainty rule the day. That space in between can be preparation time for the next season that he's bringing you into, that he has for you. Here's another food for thought. John 14, 3 says this, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. That's an interesting statement. What's Jesus doing? He's saying, look, I'm going to, after my resurrection, I'm going to the Father. I'm going way over there. He's challenging them to focus on the long view. Focus on the long view. I want to encourage you. If you're in that place of a new season, uh, you, you're like in this waiting room. The waiting room's not an easy place to be. The space in between. And we can be so focused on the immediate, and what am I going to do now? And, and Jesus says, just relax and look at the long view. Look at the place where I'm leading you. Keep your eyes on me. There's a place I'm taking you. That's where you need to keep your focus on the journey ahead and the joy that's set before you. Jesus said a little later in this conversation with the disciples, John 16, 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. These are great passages. He keeps telling them to focus on peace. He keeps talking about this peace. Earlier, John 14, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. He keeps going back to that. Remember who Jesus is. He's the Prince of Peace. And, and he says, look, He's saying to them, look, I'm not just going to give you peace. I'm going to give you myself. And in this world, you're going to have some trouble. You're going to have questions. You'll have fears. You'll have unknowns pop up. You'll have some challenges. But I've overcome all that. Back in John 14, 27, he says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give you what the world gives. I give you what I give. Don't let your hearts be troubled. What's he saying there? Literally, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you myself. And when Jesus is Lord of your life, he's sitting on the throne of your heart. Then Jesus himself will guard your hearts and minds with his peace. He'll guard your understanding. He'll put a sentinel around you. And you can move forward. So you don't have to become a victim in the situation or that season that you're in. But you become victorious as you march through it. Now, you become this person of faith because there's a, whenever you're following Jesus, it's, it's so adventurous. 
and everything he's leading you into. God is also the sustainer in the next transition or season that you're going into. Somebody needs to hear this today, I believe, um, that he's going to get you through it. John 14, 1, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. What's Jesus saying to you there? Believe in God, believe in me. You know, when you came in here and uh, you sat in that chair, you could consider that faith in a sense, belief. You didn't check that chair out before you sat down. You didn't send it off to a laboratory to check its tensile strength. You didn't inspect all the welds in the chair. You didn't turn the chair upside down looking for some tag on it saying, chair rated for this many pounds. You just plopped right down in it. John 14.1 says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Believe in the Greek there literally means this, to put all your weight and trust in Jesus. It literally means just plop down. Plop down. He's got you. That keeps the storms out there, not in here. Lori and I have been through, well, a lot of seasons in our life, but three ministry transitions. This is our fourth one. I, it's the, I, I know it's the last big of the four <laughs> uh, as we move into the next phase of life, which I am so waiting to discover what it's all going to be about and like. Um, but four. And uh, we never knew fully Every one of these transitions, we didn't have all the answers. We never totally, fully knew everything. Even when it came to provision, there were times where we're like, wow, we don't even know how the Lord's going to provide in this. Lots of unknowns. And we've had to plop down on God. Plop down on his word, on his promises, several times. And we found that uh, you can trust the tensile strength of God. Never have to doubt him. Because... We knew he was in it, and he was leading us, and he's going to provide, and we're his kids, and he's the author of seasons. He designs them, and it's always what's right for us in the season that we're coming into. And his goal and his passion is that we embrace it, put our roots down, and bear fruit. Bear fruit. May look different, but enjoy the journey. I'm going to have Lori come and share some things. Oh, I better turn that on. I'm really technically challenged. There we go. You're good. I'll stay up here with you if you want. Oh, well, thank you. Do I make you nervous? Thank you. No, oh, you don't make me nervous. <laughs> Chris said, I, I really want you to share a little bit on Sunday. And I said, well, what do you want me to share? And he said, well, whatever you want to share however long you want to share. But I'm just going to, I just have a little bit that I'd like to share with you guys. Um, you know, it was, it was about 17 years ago now that uh, we knew we were going to be stepping into this assignment. And the funny thing about that time was um, my daughter, Robin, our youngest daughter, was just moving to California, and our other daughter already lived there. So we were coming into this empty nest season. And I was really sad about that because our kids were going to be in another state now. And a friend called me that I hadn't talked to in 10 years. Uh, we just hadn't spoken. And she called me and she said, Lori, you know, I had a dream about you. And uh, what I dreamt was uh, you were five months pregnant. 
And she's like, I don't know, you were just five months pregnant, and I just feel like God wants me to share that with you. Pretty random. But the church was going to be launched in four months. And I felt like the Lord tell me, you know what, I've got something new for you in life. This is, a, this is going to be a transition for you, having your kids at home, but I'm going to be birthing something new for you and Chris, and it's going to be something that's going to be a new assignment for nurture and growth and, you know, attending to it. And, uh, you know, together over the last 16 years, we have walked through so many highs and lows together. And for Chris, you know, we just approach this a little differently because I'm on the more emotional side of in this transition, because I look at us and look at how many transitions personally that we have all walked through together. The lows, you know, we've walked through those. Chris and I have uh, said goodbye to all of our parents with you guys. We have said goodbye to siblings. You guys have lost people, and we have walked with you. We've walked together through miscarriages, through wayward children, through uh, children that have gone on to be with the Lord, through spouses going on to be with the Lord. And those are really precious times to remember that we have walked through together. Those are so meaningful. And then we've walked through highs together. You know, uh, think of the grandchildren, Judy Goodman, my first grandchild. You know, she made me this beautiful grand grandma book with all the pictures of our kids. And all the highs with you guys, you know, with having new babies and graduations and weddings and married and people getting married and and um, grandchildren and great grandchildren. I mean, these are really these are really special times that will always be a part of all of our lives. And it's it's something that can never be taken away from us because now these 16 years are permanently a part of who we are in God. We've grown together. I mean, we've grown together in the Lord. Some of you here actually received the Lord through these last 16 years, and you've been growing together and, and studying the Bible and growing in prayer and all of those things, and they're so precious. And I'm so glad that God is so nice to give us these few more months to really celebrate all the richness in our lives because of what God has done in you and in us in these last years. Some, some uh, transitions have been negative, and as I was thinking about it, most transitions that we go through in church leadership have probably been negative. They've been difficult ones. But me and Chris see this, this transition as super positive. <laughs> we feel like God is helping us finish well a long 32 years of full-time ministry. I mean, some of you guys that are sitting out there right now we're in our congregation when Chris stepped into full-time pastoral ministry as a youth pastor. You were there in 1989 at Wasilla Assembly of God. You were present. Are Some you of you there? out there <laughs> <laughs> have grown up. Your kids have grown up under Chris's uh, youth leadership. It's, it's just I'm just astounded at the goodness of God. My heart is overwhelmed when I think about those things. And... Uh, as we, you know, I, I look at you guys kind of almost as like talents, you know, that, that God entrusted us with so much. And part of our role over the years has been to help you invest what God's given you in ways that greater impact the kingdom of God. And I just really felt like two years ago, we weren't doing such a great job at that. And not that we're bad or being in sin or anything. It was just a matter of fact. You know, we'd have a thought of something new, and, and we were just wanting to get at it. But then a thought of something new would come in, and, and we were slower to 
to get moving in that direction or to launch this ministry or this outreach. or There's so much God has in store for the church. Just think about it. So much for marriage ministry, parenting, um, outreach, feeding the hungry, ministering to the poor, the addicted community. There's so much ahead for Church on the Rock. And it's going to happen at a greater level with new leadership because we're just kind of not not doing that right now at the level that God wants to see it done. And again, it's not bad. It's it's uh, I think God's really pleased with with things that are going on here at church. But as we go in through this next three months, I'm just so glad that it's just going to be a season of reminiscing, remembering God's faithfulness. Uh, enjoying each other. I mean, we have friends here that are going to be friends forever and ever and ever, praying friends, intercessory friends, uh, just so much that way. And so we just ask you guys just to celebrate these next three months. Uh, we want to get together with you guys, talk, share, reminisce, all those things, but also speak into your future. It's good. It's going to be amazing. There is so much God's going to just release of newness in your life. It's like Chris and I, you know, we have certain gifts and, and graces that God has imparted into us. And we have built up those areas of the church relationally, intercessory, uh, Chris's intercession gift. There's certain areas that we have been able to build up. But when Josh and Audra come in, it's not that those things are going to diminish that Chris and I have, have done through our own way God wired us. But they're going to bring their own gifts and their own graces. And they're going to bring the places Chris and I didn't lift. They're going to lift them and to the new places because of who they are in Jesus. And uh, anyway, I'm just really excited about that. So I just ask these next three months that we just transition together. When Josh and Audra come in, a, in I don't know, a couple weeks maybe. I don't know exactly when they're going to be here full time. That you would make it a point to meet them, tell them your name very many times, <laughs> over and over and over. Say hi. You know, don't expect them to remember your name the first time they hear it. They've got hundreds of names to remember. You know, for a long time, go up to them and say hi. You know, I'm Joanne Schultz. <laughs> and uh, just, just tell them that. If you have to tell it to them over and over until you see that they know your name, help them out that way. You know, it's, I, I just, the Lord's helped me to remember people's names. But... You know, other people don't do that so quick, especially their first few weeks here in a church. So anyway, we're just really excited, and we just want to um, thank you guys for loving us so much. I know we've got a few more months, but um, you have been such a blessing to us, huge, huge blessing and a huge part of our life. So I just want to thank you and look forward to these next few months together. Yeah. Amen. Well. And again, uh, you know, we're not going anywhere. We will for a season be at Lost Soul, but thanks guys. Um, I, it's funny, I look out here and, and I, you know, Geddix and maybe Brian and Allison here, uh, the day we launched, you guys were with us and been plowing and working and respect, man, respect, respect. Car, I, so many people we've known for so long and many of you have been here for some of you out there have been here for 13 years. Some, the full 16 plus. Wow, respect. I just marvel at some of you and your dedication, your loyalty, your commitment. Oh, I just want to keep celebrating that. It's so good. The kingdom of God has great people. And many of them are just those servants behind the scene. Just, they're there. You can count on them. Wow. 
worth the weight in gold. It's beautiful. And uh, we're going to continue to be like that. We're going to be here for these next young pastors. We're going to be here for them. We're going to encourage them. Um, hopefully I can share some things so they don't have to learn the hard way <laughs> like I did on a few things. <laughs> I'm so grateful for the Garlands, Pastor Jonathan and Shannon and their family and the leadership that he's brought to the table and what a blessing to Church on the Rock. Good days are ahead, I'm telling you. And uh, kingdom of God is alive and well. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to be right smack in the epicenter of it, doing whatever Jesus tells me to do. That's where you're going to find the most joy. Remember the season he's bringing you all into? Because you're going to be in new seasons. There's fruit. He wants you to bear fruit. So just obey Jesus and boldly and courageously march forward. Let's stand together. These guys are going to lead us in a closing song. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts and to discover how you can connect, visit us at churchak.org or download our Church on the Rock AK app from either iTunes or Google Play. Thank you.